Now they're making Ghostbusters with only women. What's going on? Shut up and sit down. We will respond with that timeless creed that sums up the spirit of a people. Yes, we can. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on Earth. I know the human being and fish can coexist peacefully. Read my lip. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. Ah! I love the poorly educated. We're the smartest people. We're the most loyal people. They're going back to the original Ghostbusters. We don't have to play that anymore. <laughs> it's going to be so good because it's just guys again. Right? <laughs> Those movies are all of them are They're awesome. all so good. Yes. They're so upset about that. It makes me laugh. <laughs> Do you hear the Mooch's is on uh, Celebrity Big Brother? The Mooch is back. No, he's not. Yes. Really? Yes. Ooh. Yeah, the Mooch. The Mooch, Mooch is back. <laughs> I thought for sure you were going Mooch was on Dancing with the Stars. That seemed like a better fit. <laughs> that would be That would be good. All right. There's our pop culture break. Um, Barstool Politics. Welcome back, guys. I am your host, Nick McGuire, joined as always by uh, my colleagues, Dr. Bill Muck from North Central College and Dr. Phil Barker from Keene State College, who is a little infirm at the moment, unfortunately. A little under the weather. But my favorite part is you're not feeling well. You're still here, though, and I'm you've got a beer. Here. Yeah. yeah I'm still, I'm, That's I'm a trooper. Because some people who would be sick, they're like, well, I'm not going to have a beer. I'll just try to struggle through. But you're like, no, I'm in, and I'm all in on the experience. <laughs> the, the beer helps fight the, the germs. Yeah. That's my understanding. Of <laughs> so, so 45 minutes in, when Phil Barker starts to lose it all, just mm-hmm. know that it's it's a mixture of a beer and, yeah. not, and the flu. Yeah, That's some college learning right because there. because I passed out in the middle of the... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, before we get started, uh, a couple things. Um, so we kind of did this earlier on um, in the show, not this particular show, but in the podcast in general. Uh, we want to start taking your questions. So if you guys have questions uh, about what we talk about during a specific episode or just kind of broader topics that you want us to discuss, uh, send them to us through Twitter at Barstool Paul, P-O-L, Facebook at Barstool Politics. Uh, or our email address, Give which the email, Nick. we haven't promoted in <laughs> such a long time. It's it's all cobwebby. Um, BarstoolPolitics at Yahoo.com. <laughs> Yahoo still exists, people, in some way, shape, or form. Any kind of questions. Questions about politics, questions about the podcast, about our beer selections, life meta questions, Phil. I mean, you know, the deep questions. Relationships will really set you straight. Yeah. You do lots of theology, right, Bill? On, on the weekends, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, do that if they're kind of more current event type stuff. Again, about stuff that we've we've talked about recently. We'll, we'll you know, do them um, quicker rather than other things. We'd love to do an entire episode of your questions. So absolutely send, uh, send them in whenever you can um, to all of those things that I said already. Um, yeah, beyond that, um, share the, uh, the podcast. Uh, which you can find on iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, Google Play Music, Stitcher, most major podcasting platforms. Uh, beers that we try, you can find on the Untapped app uh, on iOS and Android. Um, so just uh, look for Barstool Politics on there, and you can check out all our reviews. Um, and then Predict It, uh, which uh, if you haven't been listening to the podcast or you're new, uh, Predict It is a, a real money political prediction market. 
pretty much a stock market for politics where you can buy and sell shares in future political events. Uh, we use it all the time to look at current events and see what people are thinking, where they're putting their money, um, where public opinion is. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, it really is like the stock market. It changes every single day. Uh, what's great for our listeners, um, uh, if you open up a new account, uh, you'll receive up to a $20 match on your first deposit. So if you open up uh, a $20 account, Predict It will match that $20, giving you $40 to use on Predict It. That's free money, Nick. Free, free money. money. You this, can't get free anything now. We'll talk about this in a second, but the Buzzfeed, BuzzFeed story broke this week, and I thought for sure this is it. I'm going to go buy a bunch of Trump is gone. He's, gonna, he's not going to be in office anymore. And then Phil texted me, and you had bought some a long time ago. A long time ago on impeachment, and it skyrocketed yeah. that day. And I was asking you if I should sell. And you're like, no, hold it. <laughs> so, and then sad face. Yeah, then it was. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. So don't 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 listen to me. Although it still may come around, Nick. You know, the the truth is complicated with these things. <laughs> you got to ride it out. Yeah. Long term investment. That's right. Um, yeah. So just use our uh, promo link predictit.org uh, slash promo slash barstool paul twenty uh, and get your free money. Um, one other announcement, uh, after the podcast, uh, I personally am going to try and do a live interactive question taking, um, kind of fun session on uh, a bunch of different platforms on Facebook, uh, Twitch and Mixer. So we're going to do, uh, some, uh, question taking from anybody who's listened to the podcast or anybody you want to share that with, uh, in addition to, uh, playing some video games because we're adult men and that's what we do. Um, so you can find that on uh, facebook.com slash some jackal, J-A-C-K-A-L, um, twitch.tv uh, uh, slash some jackal, or mixer.com slash some jackal. Those are my things. Phil, Phil and I don't understand anything that's going on, but we're supportive, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> so we might test it out tonight. We're, I'm just promoting this now. Otherwise, we'll definitely do it next week. Um, so, yeah, check out those channels, uh, and I'll, I'll see you there. Feel free to ask questions and things. Or just drink with me. That'll Sounds be good. That'll be yeah. good, too. Yeah. Um, I, I don't even like the, <laughs> the main story that we're going to talk about because it drives me fucking crazy. Nobody does, Nick. No. You still have to talk about it. But we're still going to talk about it because that's what we do here. We talk about things we hate. So let's dive into it. So over the last week, we watched as two bombshell stories captured the country's attention only to see the accuracy of each story called into question with the introduction of additional information. The first was the BuzzFeed story alleging that Donald Trump directed his lawyer and fixer, Michael Cohen, to lie to Congress. Impeachment was the talk of the town, or at least it was until the special counsel ruined everything by releasing a statement saying the BuzzFeed story was not accurate. Then this weekend, a video appearing to show a group of students from a private Catholic high school in Kentucky taunting a Native American activist on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial went viral. Uh, both stories were examples how in this age of instant media, our initial reactions can miss important context. I find both of these stories fascinating. There's a lot to talk about and they're really complex. But if our initial reactions were naive and overly simplistic, so have been the counter reactions. So much to talk about. Uh, Phil, why don't you start us off with your reactions to this new form of insanity? Hmm. <laughs> Um, well, you know, the, these two stories, they, they share lots of similarities in the, the it involves, you know, the media and questions about the media credibility and whether they act too quickly and all of that. But they were like, in, in other ways, they're worlds apart, right? <laughs> so the BuzzFeed story um, really is a bombshell. The other one was this weird, like, social media thing that happened that I, I don't, I'm not even sure really why it's such a big story, the, the Covington Catholic thing. The smirk. You can't um, smirk on, on social media anymore. Oh, we'll just, talk about that. Smirk. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the, 
the big point that I think about with both of these is that this is this is all a result of the the sort of 24-hour news media Twitter world that we live in, right? So even I was going to say 50 years ago, even 20 years ago, these stories, you know, they develop in in news stories and newspaper uh, uh, offices. People work on them. They verify things. It takes 24 hours for the story to come out. You have a chance. And, and in this world of, of 24 hour news and Twitter, everyone's like trying to beat everyone else to the punch. So they're, you know, the, the Covington Catholic thing is an example. The video comes out and everyone's like jumping to conclusions about it. Uh, whereas if, you know, you had given it two days to play out and other videos had come out, people would have had more, you know, a, a fuller picture of what happened. Um, let me take the two of them separate. The yeah. BuzzFeed story, I think, is still a huge story. Like I, the, the the for a number of reasons. The fact that okay, that that a, that a, a major news. I, I realize it's BuzzFeed, but BuzzFeed news does good stuff. Um, the fact that they are reporting that the president ordered his lawyer to lie to Congress is is huge. The fact that Robert Mueller felt the oh. need to come out and issue a statement yes. saying this isn't there's there's something not accurate about this in a kind of a cryptic way in a cryptic way yeah yeah so that's the that's the part about it that i I don't think it's i I don't think we can back off like buzzfeed has has doubled down they said we've rechecked our sources we stand by it um there are people who speculate that the the substance might be true but the sourcing so i've seen stories that have that have argued that you know this is the whatever the the new york um what is it, the Southern District of New York yes. or whatever, what, yeah. that leaked this story and, and not Mueller, which is why Mueller is feeling the need to sort of point it out, but the meat of it is the is accurate. I think there's more to that story that's still going to come out. I, I, I don't think, you know, at some point we'll understand why Mueller issued that statement. Um, but it's but really fascinating that he does, right? I mean, that this mm-hmm. yeah. he hasn't denied anything else. And there's been a lot of crazy Trump media stories. And the fact that he felt compelled for this one is yep. I mean you're right. I think in some ways, as much as the BuzzFeed story is important, the fact that the Mueller or the special counsel responded is really interesting why, too. Why do you think he? Why do you think that happened? I, I wonder whether he's worried about his own credibility, right? I mean, so I if, he's worried about the credibility and the investigation yeah. at that point. That threw a huge monkey wrench into this whole thing. Now there is legitimate doubt about what is going on with the investigation. If I, I, it just the fact that they would do that. And that BuzzFeed would do this. And realistically, they may stand behind their source. But when the guy who's running the investigation yep. that is supposed to be the 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 be all end all of this story is saying that, no, this is not true, regardless of how he stated it. You're throwing doubt into an investigation that needs to have no doubt behind it. And, and, and you're right that we'll eventually learn the truth. But my gut says if Mueller is going to put himself out there for this instance, there's got to be it's got to be more than just a parsing of language that Cohen maybe lied a little. I mean, it's, right. this feels to me like if Mueller is going to stick his neck out for this, it's got to be it's got to be I, I, it makes me question the BuzzFeed story for that reason that. Uh, right. Yeah. But who knows? We but don't at the know. Same time. Mueller seems like the type, I mean, he seems so, you know, crossing your T's and dotting your I's. He seems like the type that that would make a big stink about mm. something that might not seem that significant to us. And I, I think he's so strategic about stuff. I, there, I, I'm not saying that, that, that BuzzFeed is necessarily right, but I, I also wouldn't be surprised if the, the, the stuff they're reporting is accurate, 
but the leaks or the you know where it came from wasn't from his group and so he feels the need mm. to like issue the statement saying that there's there's some level of inaccuracy just to distance himself from it i I don't know. I mean, he he's been so tight-lipped about yes. everything. Um, I, it's yeah. I don't I don't know. I don't know that we can. It's curious. And then and then today we were just just again we've had so much breaking news today, Nick. But today uh, Michael Cohen said he's not going to testify in front of Congress. Yeah. So that's another wrinkle. Now he said he's not doing it because he's worried about Trump threatening his family or whatever it is, which well, may, may be the case. But Trump did threaten his family. <laughs> <laughs> like, but he was real critical about it. It was on Twitter, so it makes it okay, Phil. <laughs> right, right. So, so this, I mean, I, I also wonder whether, could this be linked? And it may not be linked to Mueller, but it, it's killing me that we don't know more. And I, at some point we will. We'll know all. And That's yeah. right. And that's the thing. At some point we will know what what is going on. The point is that we don't know right now. And throwing this in there is causing this huge firestorm of something that may or may not be true. Yeah. We're depending on this investigation to give us sound, accurate information. And then you do something fucking stupid like this, and people are calling for impeachment, and that Trump should be immediately removed from office, and you have members of Congress saying it. We have no idea if this information is true or not. So you need to pick one. Either you just want him out, and you want any information that will allow you to do that, or you're going to wait for the investigation that you're putting all your money behind to give you the information that you need to do that and follow the process. It was telling that nobody else other than BuzzFeed corroborated this. So, I mean, the New York Times, the Washington Post, you know, AP, Reuters, nobody did. And again, it doesn't mean it's not true, but those other news organizations were much more restrained. in. But they would report about it. Until we talk about the next story. Yes. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. But but for them, I mean, for this, for the Mueller stuff, they were very, very cautious about that. Mm. And I think that's that's significant. BuzzFeed may be right, they may be wrong. At some point, we'll know. But oh my goodness, Phil, go ahead. But BuzzFeed, BuzzFeed has they claim multiple sources. They, I mean, they they're not just making this up, right? They think they have good, accurate, yeah. accurate sources. And this is where, this is where Congress should step in, right? I mean, this is where the you know is it true or not? This is where Congress has hearings and 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 gets to the bottom of this, where testimony by from Cohen and others would be. Uh, useful, and I, I feel like we should talk about the fact that e even again we tend to just dismiss everything that Trump does on Twitter because he's there's so much just rhetoric and talk to him. But he did after this story came out basically tweet threats to Michael Cohen and his family, his father-in-law. Uh, right, look into the father-in-law. Look into the right. father-in-law. Right, which is uh, you know that's that's just kind of Trumpian rhetoric. But it's another example of how we've we've we're like living in a different world, right? That that's. Again, the president, there's a his there's a guy who's going to testify to Congress next week, is that or the week after, pretty quick in the next couple of weeks. I guess it's two weeks from now, um, about illegal activities of the president. And the president is openly in open, like it's on Twitter. But if the president, you know, in previous years had gotten up to a microphone and given a speech and basically <laughs> said that guy, that guy's family better watch their backs, right? It's like a, it's it's, it's, it's just bizarre that we're in this. <laughs> in this place right that that in and of itself is obstruction of justice right i don't know not, not if he does me. it publicly it's only phil it's only if he does it secretly right if if, if he had just told somebody like watch out for the father-in-law but trump the brilliance of trump is he does it on twitter mm -hmm. and they're like well he's not stupid enough to 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 uh, you know do this publicly and <laughs> yes he is <laughs> But no, you're right, and my guess is Stupid that like a fox. <laughs> exactly, Cohen is not 
Well, maybe Cohen is worried about his family. My gut tells me, and again, I, we shouldn't listen to anybody's gut, but that there's something else here, and it may relate to Mueller, it may not. But the fact that Cohen isn't testifying is going to, yeah. I'm disappointed, Nick. <laughs> the other part of this story that I find interesting is the the way in which all these different arguments that people have made start to kind of uh, butt heads. So I, there, people who are critical of, you know, there's there's this critique that the media jumps to conclusions and that, you know, you need to more thoroughly vet stuff. But um, the people making that argument are people who are arguing at the same time that Mueller needs to speed the hell up right mm -hmm. and quit taking so long to do things um it's the same thing like all of a sudden donald trump is praising Mueller and like citing the fact that Mueller, like he's he spent you know that years talking about how yeah. Mueller is is a terrible person and then now all of a sudden he's pointing to Mueller as a way to vindicate himself you know it, it's there's this weird tension in which we're just impatient right like we we want we want results now and that if we want that, then we get these misses at the same time, or mm. we have to learn to be patient and expect that, you know, this investigation or other things are going to take years, maybe. Oh, that's maybe a good transition to the Covington Catholic stuff because that was the that was the the, the pace of it, right? We talk about the media, but the media is such a, a conglomerate of a variety of things. It felt to me that Saturday morning or afternoon when this this exploded. It wasn't so much the media that was driving. This was like Twitter. Yeah, it was. It was crazy. It was like everybody was tweeting this out, and then later in the day, you saw the later major... in the day. Yeah, no, like, that's the right. thing. Yeah, absolutely. Like the 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 news cycle is so compressed now. I I I, yeah. I don't think that's a good excuse. No, it it may, it may not be, but it is it is stunning how quickly yeah. these things and, can can explode. And the interesting part was that it wasn't just the like usual suspects. Like Fox News was on yes. this, like critiquing these these kids from from you know from Covington. Um, it was like all over all all sides of the spectrum who had jumped on this story. It, it mm -hmm. wasn't long before Covington Catholic itself came out yeah. and made a statement. That's the other thing. It was it was everything happened so quickly. Where they, I mean, the school itself said we're embarrassed by this video and what our students have done before the other videos right. came out. So. Yes, we all rushed to judgment, but this was, a, I don't know, I think this is a weird one. It was, well, all yeah. right, so the initial story came from uh, a Twitter account that had like 40,000 followers. Yeah, seems um, legit. Yes, it, well, realistically, it had 40,000 followers, it wasn't verified, uh, and it was using a, like a Portuguese bloggers picture or something like that. Oh, that that might have been me, Nick. I'm was sorry. Was that yeah, you? Oh, I'm sorry. I was looking at your that. profile. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it had been it tweeted like 140 times a day or something like that. And this is the issue that I have with this. Look at who you're who you're following and retweeting shit from. Like it's just the fact that we have not learned our lesson with this is is mind-boggling to yeah. me we go through two years after an election where you said that another country influenced our our our, our choosing a, a, the the president of the united states and you don't learn from that and you just throw your fucking opinion on top of this you have people like verified people cnn correspondents and celebrities calling for these kids to get murdered and doxxed and swatted and where they're going, you know, a a smirk like that can be so damaging. You have no idea from a from a high school student. That's literally that's a face crime. Literally from 1984. That's an Orwellian thing. Are you out of your fucking minds? 
Like, just the fact that this is the world that we live in, and then the news picks up on it and then doesn't apologize for it. Like, I, I look at the news stories now after more information comes out, and it's not, you know, we fucked up. It's that we need to, as a society, pull ourselves back from this social media cycle that we've gotten ourselves into. Or, you know, we need to look at all the information before that. You didn't, Not that we fucked up. It's that you guys jumped on it. So then obviously we're going to do it because you're too stupid to realize what the information really is. Yeah, people it's, forget tomorrow, right? Yeah. I, 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 I can't. I need, I need beer. <laughs> I mean, it is a chicken and egg thing, yeah. right? Like the media runs with this sort of thing because we love it, right? <laughs> because people eat it up. Yeah. And we, and, and then we, it becomes a national news sensation because the media runs with it. And it, it just, it just feeds on itself. Um, as long, you know, as long as we go to the, the sensationalist, sensationalist news Sources like as long as we're you know willing to click on clickbait, then the news media is gonna run with it, which is it's awful. But what right? happened? Not, I'm with, not trying to excuse them, but I, it's yeah. No, I, I I like what happened. We we talk about journalistic integrity a lot. Like what happened to that? We were just talking about vetting your sources and understanding the facts, and there used to be the ability to do that in in mainstream journalism i'm looking at newsweek and and the hill and half a dozen mainstream news outlets who even in their their responses to this stuff the caption that that they still have under the pictures are white teens harasser or um um bully a a native american war veteran which was even a question about that at this point i will, I will say and i think when we use the term me- the media as a whole it's 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 complicated because there are some I will say there are some journal there are some media outlets that were restrained on this right and, and how they handled it is is reasonable there are others who do not so I don't think that CNN and some of the cable news networks handled this particularly well but there were others that did right that were more restrained so it's it's about a balance and so yes there were, but in this day it doesn't matter because when one media outlet grabs it and throws it others will follow but I I'm rel- I, I found myself thinking yesterday, do these two stories, do they impugn the media as, you know, just a terrible thing? But there's also part of me that thinks that what the media has done during the Trump administration is, is in some ways the golden age of journalism, especially the print media. They've done some fantastic work. So it's this contrast between fantastic work and also this sort of garbage that gets spun around it. Yeah. And I, I will admit the Covington Catholic is garbage. But it's also there's also been some really really good print journalism done over the last two if years. If you have clean water and you have water with shit in it and mix them together, there's still shit in your water. Like but I'm sorry, you we, can't have we, it sh- both we shouldn't mix them, right? I mean, we should say that there are some outlets yeah. that are doing good work. No, I'm saying yeah. that in this year, you say you have you know the the golden age of journalism and complete and utter shit, which yeah. is where we are right now. You can't blend the two. Like no. the one can't absolve the other. No, but we should. Well, maybe we should say that outlets. And this isn't Watergate. This isn't Woodward and Bernstein, frankly. No, this isn't. No, no not no, this. But, no. I mean, this past year, e- even this past year is not that. It's oh, just not oh, the same yeah, thing. Nick, boo, boo, <laughs> yes, oh, yes. Boo, boo, earns. <laughs> I, I think there's a lot this year that has been fantastic reporting. And I, I'm thinking more print journalism, the Washington Post, the New York Times, the L.A. Times, you know, the Reuters, AP. They've done some brilliant work. Now, BuzzFeed, no, not so much. You know, I mean, they've done some good things, but um, and so I, I think it's it's you're right that it's a lot of gray, but I, I do think there's some good journalism that's taking place. Well, 
it's again the world of print media like i imagine that i i haven't i didn't look but i imagine that the new york times and the washington post probably ran stories on this covington catholic thing but i think they probably ran them in response to this sort of you know the sensationalism i if if we were in a world of just print medium i don't think that this would have ever really been news oh, yeah that would have been uh, so good yeah it would have been better <laughs> I, I also want to. I also don't want to like totally step back. For, I, this seems to me like an example of of where we want to find. We want to see this co- this this conflict in black and white. And so at first it was the Covington Catholic kids were evil, yes. and the Native American guy was was the good guy. And then maybe that story wasn't right. So maybe the Covington Catholic kids are the heroes, and the Native American guy is the the bad guy. I, it's also I want to say very possible that it, it, this is just a big muck of gray yeah, like they're, right. they're, they're all bad right like they, <laughs> yes, they all yes. sort of back down right every one of them handled themselves badly in this situation and so i the idea that that like the bad behavior of one of them exonerates the bad behavior of the other i just i don't i that that i don't know i just that's a really good point yeah. because what we've seen is there's been a shift and and you're right there was a rush to judgment with that first video but then the counter response and like trump is going to invite these boys to the white house and we can have a good conversation about high school kids and and whether it's you know they should well but but they shouldn't become political figures (laughs) no of course not they were knuckleheads they were stupid whatever but you know trump is now seizing upon this and he's good at it i mean he's gonna he's gonna ride this for a few days and that's not right either as far you know the media that exploited this initially is is wrong and then if trump continues to do so sarah huckabee sanders was out all day talking about the children the children right i mean no shut up you know i mean yes you don't care about the children on the border right but that goes that cuts both ways realistically these are kids and they they are you know they're not authorities on anything so whether you're talking about the covington catholic kids or frankly the parkland kids either it's the same thing stop using kids to exploit your political Let's agenda think. we shouldn't it's even talk about fucking that insane I, I agree with it yeah, go ahead oh, it's an interesting litmus test right yeah. because if you took those kids and you took the the maga hats off of them and if they weren't there for a pro-life rally but instead were there for like an environmental rally and mm-hmm. were you know uh, you know progressive activists and the same thing happened right like this the the black israelites or whatever were yelling <laughs> terrible <laughs> things at them and there was this confrontation and then this random guy walks in and like marches up to them and the he you know he had stood his ground like would people feel differently yes. about it and i think, I think it, so it, it, yes yeah. people would and so that's where you you have to like how much of your judgment of the situation is based on the role they're like the the views they're advocating now you know, in that situation, again, I, I still would have argued, regardless of what the issue was, they, the, the the sort of confrontational approach to things was not the right approach. Like, everyone was in the wrong in this situation. But it is telling that, like, our views are so tainted by kind of the, the stance that the person is taking. So you almost have to you have to look at the tactics or the, the interactions in this, uh, I don't know. Not, it's not. It's not value neutral. But you know, I, like, w- would you feel differently if you agreed with the students as opposed to if you disagreed with them? Right, right. You know, the, the other thing that strikes me about this is that this is the world we're entering now. So this was a legitimate video, right? It was edited to make a certain point. Sure. But we're moving into a, a, a state state of technology where we're going to be able to manipulate these things. And it terrifies me how powerful this one video was. And I will say, like, when I first saw that first edited video, like, I, I, I was emotional. Like, it felt like this is terrible. This is what happened. 
and we're going to be able to manipulate and tweak this and share it on social media. We're already there. (laughs) No, not to this level, though, right? I think we're going to be able to make fake videos. So, I mean, this was a real video. But we're going to be able to edit and then create fake things that are completely not true. This was true but narrow. We're going to be able to to create actual false videos that are going to be equally powerful. And I just, I'm, I'm terrified when what happens to the political discourse when those start entering entering the the debate well I, we uh, again we have not learned our lesson and i'm no. going to say this and i swear to god i don't care if we lose every social media follower we have it is the most evil heinous thing on the planet and it destroys people's ability to have measured reasonable debates about anything i like looking at the the outline last night for um for our discussion today I started looking at Twitter and just kind of gauging people's reactions. By the, uh, I didn't real. I was on there for an hour just yeah. looking at just, just toxic shit. One thing after another, just people screaming at each other in- into their own echo chambers, yeah. and it's it's so terrible for our ability to have real discourse about things that do potentially matter. It's, I, yeah. I, I don't know. Just, just get. Don't don't do that. Just don't do that. Look at kitten pictures. You know, <laughs> people getting kicked in the nuts. Just something other than this. And then don't ever go to DC to protest anything. It's, there's no point. We should turn off Facebook and talk to each other. Yeah, we should. We absolutely should. <laughs> absolutely should. You know, and there, I will say there's a couple really. Having said that, like us on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> right. There are some really interesting conversations that could develop out of this. Like, I, I at some point, we should have a conversation about the MAGA hat, mega hat, whatever, make American great hat again. I mean, this is an interesting symbol that is is causing reactions on both sides of the aisle. And I don't think either side is talking to each other about the significance of that. And, and that was part of this experience was seeing these kids with these hats, you know, all of that. Right. And we should as a country should be talking about that symbolism and what it means to different people. And it might help lower the temperature to some degree. Yeah. If you want to talk about it reasonably. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we do. Not anybody else does. No, that, yeah. no. Only us. Everybody else is dumb. We should. We should probably talk about beer. <laughs> yeah, this is fun. We did that. well, Nick. We did well. We got the topic. It was one. fun. I, yeah. yeah. So, Phil, in your your flu state, what are yeah. you what are you drinking? So, I'm drinking a, a prime. It's the the beer is called Prime. It's from Good Fire Brewing Company in Portland, Maine. It's their Citra IPA. Um, and uh, I, because I have some sort of cold flu like thing, I have very little sense of taste. But this seems to be good. <laughs> and it, and it, <laughs> And it makes me feel good, so I give it I give it uh, a positive rating. But I don't really feel like I can give a whole lot um, based on my state. I like it. Good review. Mm-hmm. All right, Nick, you and I are we're having. So Tom has turned us onto the or me onto these Imperial Russian Stouts. You can say me too. Well, okay, I, I can't stop. <laughs> I am these these are just fantastic beers, and so we're, today we're having a Stone Totalitarian Imperial Russian Stout. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a long description on the back, which is just it is fantastic about totalitarianism. Russian. It's very dark. Yes. Uh, very Russian. I, God, I love this beer. <laughs> it's not as good as some of the, the Imperial Russian Stouts that uh, Tom has brought on, mm-hmm. but it's good. They're, they're so... As I was saying before we went on air, there's no bubbles in them. There's, you know, there's, you know... It lacks the most bubbles. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But it almost feels like you're having a cocktail, but it's not particularly boozy. You know, some of the bourbon stouts are too boozy for me. Yeah. This is, I just, it's drinkable. It's, <laughs> yeah. God, I would like it. It's got the right amount of sweetness to it. Yeah, it's not overly carbonated. Got a nice, pretty light head on it, yeah. which is, yeah, I feel like a lot of stouts are 
they're just heavy all the way around, especially with head. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 I was a big fan of this. Yeah. This is a good one. Yeah. Well done. Love totalitarians. They're yeah. the best. <laughs> Make some good beers. Yeah. So. Uh, thank you, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be on next, next week, week next right? Week, yeah, we'll, we'll talk some Supreme Court. Tune in for that. But if um, you want to find the beers that we try on the podcast, uh, download the Untapped app on iOS or Android, uh, find Barstool Politics, and you can check out all of uh, the reviews of the beers that we try. Speed round. Yep. All right, let's go to No State of the Union for you. Today we learned that because of the shutdown, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi will not allow President Trump to deliver the State of the Union in the House next week. Pelosi wrote to Trump Wednesday afternoon, that's today, after receiving a letter from Trump earlier in the day in which Trump stated he was planning on showing up to give the speech. I love Trump. He's like, I'm coming. It's going to happen. <laughs> Pelosi called his bluff and told him no State of the Union. Um, specifically, she stated, quote, I look forward to welcome you to the House on a mutually agreeable date for this address when the government has been opened. <laughs> so, again, this is also breaking news. We had to adjust the outline. Nick, I hate adjusting the outline last minute, but this is just <laughs> this is just occurring. So let's start with some reactions. Uh, government shutdown, Phil. No State of the Union. Uh, Nancy and and Donald duking it out. Go. Uh, so I <laughs> I know how Nick feels about Nancy Pelosi, but <laughs> I feel like she's playing this pretty well. I. Th- this just seems like Trump. We had talked last week or the week before that this. It just seems like Trump has lost this. Like the 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 poll numbers continue to go badly for him. Um, he's losing support amongst his base. The the disapproval number is is climbing. It, it just doesn't seem like he has a good way out of this. The the major something like two thirds of Americans. Um, if, if when given the, I saw a poll today that if given the option of essentially reopening the government with no funding for a wall or keep the government closed until wall funding is there, it's like two to one people want the government reopened, right? We're at, we're at like over 30, we're at what day 33. Yeah. I just don't see how this ends well for him. And, and I, you know, I, there's, there's, I go back and forth on this, but between feeling like there's, there's a little bit of pettiness here about the, you can't come give your president. There's a lot. Mm -hmm. Or, but also feeling like that this is what, uh, you know, that the, that the Democrats need to do, which is to call them, uh, call the Republicans, call Trump on stuff. And so I think, I think it's been pretty effective for Nancy Pelosi to basically say, look, if you're not going to fund the government and, and you know, Secret Service and all of these other people aren't going to be paid, then we, we can't do that. <laughs> the State of the Union. <laughs> right. And there was, a, you know, a very long pause before he responded today with his I'm, I'm going to. Uh, I'm showing up anyway. <laughs> it it sounds like it's gonna happen, um, just not in the house. The, the, there are other venues that can be used, um, but uh, yeah, but that, I mean, but I, that's I, an I interesting question. Think, mm-hmm. If he, if he gives it in the Senate or he gives it someplace else, do the to the major news networks to connect to our first story? Do they cover it as a State of the Union speech? Right. Oh, God, Nick, this is good. Well, I, I mean, realistically, <clears throat> we can talk about the efficacies of, of who's winning and whatnot, but realistically, we were talking about it before we started, there's there's no mandate for him to give a State of the Union. And realistically, I could easily see see him going, yeah, no, we're just not going to do it then. Realistically, we we all know what the State of the Union <laughs> right. is at this point. So, and we know it's going to be the same bullshit of one side clapping, oh, probably half of one side clapping and the other side not clapping. I, I frankly don't care. If I don't see the State of the Union is here, I don't give a shit. And I would assume his base is thinking the exact same thing. But 
it's it's getting to this point where it's we're now in uncharted territory in terms of the length of the shutdown and what the consequences are. So regardless of whether you think the Democrats are winning or not, it's now becoming so detrimental to people's lives that I understand that you don't want to give in to him, but it's people's lives right. at some point. And realistically, if it comes down to that, your your main focus should be helping those people. And if he tries it again, then you can have a real battle about it. But this is such a, a minute, in my opinion, a minute thing to give in when we're talking about hundreds of thousands of people. I just, so, just something, just do something. Because I know there have been, well, there, there have been resolutions and potential legislation that have, have failed in, in, um, in the House and the Senate, but just something needs to be done at this point. Like, it's, people are, People are, you know, oh, losing yeah. their their homes and livelihoods at this point. It's Something needs to happen. Yeah. So it's going to start, regardless of what the polls say about him, it's going to start hurting everyone at some point, sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean, I, the, the the polls show that the vast majority of people also blame him for this more than the, the Democrats. But I don't believe uh, you. <laughs> did BuzzFeed post did that? BuzzFeed, yeah. He did on, on national TV say, this is my shutdown. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I, you're right, Nick. At some point, something has to give. But the, the same logic could be applied in reverse, right? That Trump is, you know, why are you holding on to this $5 billion thing? Yeah, let it go. Hundreds of thousands of, sure. of people's livelihood depend on it. I, I think that, that this, that what Nancy Pelosi is doing is a very Republican move. Yeah, right? it this is. Idea yes. of like, um, you know, it's, it, we, we, there's a tendency to point to her and say it's petty or whatever, but this is totally what Republicans would do. They, they take some power, right? Like, look, if you want to, if you want to shut down the government and and push for this five billion dollar thing, one of the, what do we have in our in our power? The the ability to stop you from having a national broadcast to express your agenda. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do that, which is a big deal. I mean, if Trump had when you give the State of the Union, people tune in. They didn't tune into a speech on Saturday. Nobody cared about right. his 3 p.m. Saturday afternoon speech. But for this one, people I would. Cared. No, did you watch it, Nick? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but this one, people would, and it would allow him to make the case. And Trump is somewhat good at giving speeches like that. And he could, he could, you know, have a lot of statistics about all the deaths that have occurred because of, you know, illegal immigrants. And he's losing that opportunity. I think you're right, Phil. This is, this is Democrats playing a Republican game, and. I think it's probably to their benefit. The for other thing, now. For now, right. And, this could share, and if, if the polling was in a different direction, I think Nancy Pelosi wouldn't have done this. I mean, I she felt strong about the polling. The other thing I think is fascinating, Phil, you talk about norms all of the time. You love some norms. I do. Here we have a situation where Trump is essentially making an argument about respect the norm of allowing the president to give a State of the Union speech. And Nancy Pelosi is saying no. And then the norm violator, Trump has violated more norms than any president in modern history. He's now facing this wrath where Nancy is saying, uh-uh, I'm not going to let you do this. It's 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 fascinating. Uh, I, 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 I would tend to agree with you, yeah. but he's... We know exactly what he thinks and what he what his agenda is and and who he is as a person and what he wants to do. Yeah. We hear about it every fucking day. Yeah. We centered a podcast around it for God's sake. <laughs> like the the necessity of having a state of the union is so minute in oh, this yeah. opinion. It's the two of them like both of them just need to be punched in the face at this point. I, I just I can't in this particular situation, I can't stand either one of them. <laughs> it does feel like the State of the Union has kind of 
oh, lost its its, its purpose. I mean, yeah. it, you know, it was really it, it was a twentieth. I mean, the State of the Union's been around forever, but the televised, the actual going in person didn't happen to Woodrow Wilson. The televised thing's a fairly recent thing. Mm-hmm. And in the in the days of Trump and and Twitter and all of this other stuff, the idea that that this particular speech lays out the president's yeah. agenda in some sort of important way. I know that there's history and tradition behind it, but like, just let me watch my normal TV right, shows. There's yeah. nothing new that's going to come. It's just going to be exhausting. Yeah, <clears throat> no, yeah. just broadcast it on Barstool Politics uh, Facebook channel. That's I think that's, that's the need. best. That's yeah. all you need. Why would you need anything else at this point? You know what is exciting, Nick? Venezuela. Yeah, that's kind of exciting. Okay, yeah. let's talk Venezuela. <laughs> Next topic. All right, to Venezuela, where President Nicolas Maduro of Venezuela faced the most direct challenge to his power uh, Wednesday. Again, breaking news, Nick, when an opposition leader <laughs> swore himself in as the nation's legitimate president, cheered on by tens of thousands of supporters and a growing number of, of international governments. Opposition Juan Guaido? I don't even know the guy's name. I don't know. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. That's correct. racist. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. <laughs> He's a 35-year-old politician who stepped onto the national stage just recently. Maduro dismissed the move, uh, calling it American-led plot to overthrow him. Coos are back, Nick. Coos are back. So Listen to me. Yes, Maduro said he was cutting all remaining diplomatic relations with the United States. Oh, too bad. Um, And in a Wednesday afternoon tweet, yes, I said tweet, President Trump formally recognized the opposition leader as the legitimate president of Venezuela. Trump tweeted, quote, the citizens of Venezuela have suffered for too long at the hands of the illegitimate Maduro regime. Today, I have officially recognized the president of Venezuela, of the Venezuelan National Assembly, Juan uh, Guaido, as the interim president of Venezuela, unquote. Wow. Just, just wow. (laughs) Phil... You're our comparative politics expert. This is this is really bonkers, right? I mean, the president yeah. of the United States is a, is recognizing a, another official as the president. Um, well, I remember that time when you were 35 and you swore yourself in as president of the United States too. It didn't go very well for you. Nobody either. nobody listened. <laughs> yeah, that was before Twitter. So I I, I um, you know we you can approach this from a comparative politics standpoint, but I, I kind of want to talk about it from an international relations standpoint in that. I, so I I don't disagree that Maduro is bad oh, and needs to go. Yeah, he's terrible. The the thing that's crazy from a so a U.S. foreign policy standpoint, the the speed with which the president of the United States recognized this other guy, and did it on Twitter is disturbing to me. So I you know Trump has wanted Maduro out for a long time. There were early in his term there were stories about how they had looked at overthrowing the 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 regime <laughs> yeah. in Venezuela. Um. But you know, I think about I think back to um, this. This is where the the U.S. is still powerful. It still matters. And I think back to when Yugoslavia fell apart, and a number of European countries and the U.S. quickly recognized like Croatia and other countries as they broke away from Yugoslavia, and that likely exacerbated the conflict that played out. So when when you start throwing this international recognition, um, you know what what would likely have been. I, I don't I haven't had a chance to read all the details on this Maduro story, but, you know, some guy comes along and declares himself president. Maduro would probably deal with that. And it would be sort of a non story when the U.S. throws their support behind one of them. That changes the dynamic yeah. in the story. Mm-hmm. And I know that we as Americans like to think that we should be, you know, acting on uh, for the good in, in international politics and Maduro's bad. And so we should speak up for the, the other side. But 
Um, in, in reality, that we oftentimes cause way more problems than than we actually solve. Um, and and it's just, I, I yeah, I, that that's the thing that's disturbing to me, the speed with which we did this, as opposed to kind of waiting to see what plays out and waiting to see what the people of Venezuela are saying and yeah. what they have to say about it and, and then making a call based on what happens there. You know, we're big on sovereignty. Everybody else stay out of our business, but we're so quick to jump into other countries' politics. And, and there's real value in allowing Venezuela to self-determine uh, and, and here, this is a case where the United States is, is tipping its hand a bit. I don't know what you're talking about. All of those Central and South American coups went so well during the 20th century. I can't think of one that didn't go well. <laughs> the difference Wink. here is that we're not actually sending in troops or, or covert forces. It's just, a, it's just a Twitter recognition, Nick. Right, but I, yeah. I, I mean, Phil's right. Realistically, that means something. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially in a situation where this information can get out as quickly as it does. Like you said, this isn't a small group of people. I mean, this is tens of thousands of supporters of a person who we realistically know nothing about. That's, I mean, that's all civil we, war in a lot of situations. Is he's not Maduro, right? He's got to right, be better, right? right. Yeah, I, I, it, <clears throat> yeah I, I think Maduro is a, a piece of shit and is horrible for his own people. <clears throat> I would sincerely doubt that the administration, and Trump especially, has a firm grasp of who this new person is and what they mean for Venezuela and how it could benefit the U.S., um, which, I, I, you know, it, we those who don't learn from history are, are doomed to repeat it, I guess. And we're, we're now back. We, we have <laughs> South American coups and um, Russia is resurgent and um, we don't oh, like China. I, <laughs> I, do, I do love the Cold War. So that's, and there's, there's middle ground here. I mean, you can, you can condemn Maduro. The United States can come out and say, like, we're, we're happy to see that there are opposition forces pushing back against Maduro oh, yeah. w- without recognizing him as the official head, or the legitimate president of Venezuela, right? But he could, said he was. Well, yeah. What am I supposed to but do But again, with as that? Phil said, I, I did that once and nobody nobody cared. And I was at a bar. Yeah, nobody I know. Yeah, that, <laughs> there's there's yeah. a lot of instances in history where the U.S. like speaking something. Like, I, I think we don't realize the power of our voice, right? So I, I, I can't remember the, the guy's name, but who the Vietnamese leader that, that, that was assassinated because oh, yes, we, they, yes. it was implied that we were okay with the assassination. Or I think about like, you know, the mm. Kurds who, who believed <clears> that <throat> when Trump got elected that things were going to be dramatically different. And so the, the idea of a president speaking something gives hope to people. And yeah, so you, right. you know, supporters who wouldn't necessarily risk their lives for something if they didn't think the U.S. was behind them. It's just, you know, I, I'm not saying that it's the wrong thing to do, but I, I don't, this feels kind of, you know, tossed out willy-nilly. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it's actually U.S. policy necessarily. Well, that's a, that's a good point. The other thing to think about here is that Maduro will use this to his advantage. I mean, Nick, you yeah. pointed to the history of U.S. intervention in the re- region. I- I'm sure if he hasn't already, he will soon point to that. This is the Colossus of the North once again intervening in the democratic process of Venezuela, and that works because you know the U.S. has done that. So you're you're aiding Maduro with this statement uh, again. It's it's he's awful, he's terrible, and I would love to see Venezuela move in a different direction, but it has to be because the Venezuelans are self-determining with, with support of the United States, but this this strikes me as counterproductive. I mean, prior to this story, <clears throat> um, I, 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 it's odd that this is a thing, because immediately preceding this was the news was about you know, like a, an internal like 25-person potential coup attempt against Maduro, and then it got put down, and yeah. we didn't hear about it again. And yeah. then this pops up out of nowhere. Um, so there's something going on, and there probably should 
be a shift somewhere. It's just, just yeah. don't tweet it. Yeah, no, just, that's right. Well, that's get, right. get off of Twitter. It's, <laughs> it's toxic. It's a common theme yeah. today. <laughs> well, and the thing you're talking about, Bill, has already happened, right? Like Maduro has already cited this as a, as a U.S.-backed yeah. mm-hmm. thing, right? Which takes away the legitimacy of whether this guy actually what had valid local support. Now it's just, you know, the U.S. supported it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's bad. It's amazing how we can respond to breaking news so quickly, Nick. I, I know, we're so great. good at it. And then we're going to come back. Now we're going to talk about the Supreme Court. I mean, Nick, we're all over the place. It's I great. know. Yeah. We vet our sources. <laughs> yes. And then probably forget half of them by the time we're done. <laughs> so on Tuesday, the Supreme Court granted the Trump administration's request to allow it to bar most transgender people from serving in the military while cases challenging the policy make their way to the court. The administration's policy reversed the 2016 decision by the Obama administration to open the military to transgendered service members. It generally prohibits transgender people from military service, but makes exception for those already serving openly and those who are willing to serve in their biological sex. It's confusing, Nick. <laughs> Trump shouldn't Trump shouldn't be talking about this kind of stuff. But <laughs> so the vote to lift the two injunctions blocking the policy issued by lower courts was, was courts was a five to four decision with Supreme Court's five conservative members in the majority. Uh, we should be clear that the court has not offered a decision on the ban, uh, but instead is only allowing Trump the Trump administration to continue the policy while the case works its way through the court system. Still a big victory for Trump. Reactions, Phil. Uh, you know, it'll be nice next week to talk to Tom about some of this. But yeah. what's your initial gut reaction to this? Well, I mean, I, I, um, <clears throat> I I'm talking about this from a you know a non legal perspective. So it'll be interesting to hear from Tom about the yeah. the legal arguments about the 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 ban itself. But I, I think the thing that troubles me is that the it it seems like a sort of stay on this on this uh, policy kind of made sense in the long in the short term right so until the court can decide whether or not the ban stays in place mm. why not let the people who are currently serving serve because the, my understanding is the implications of this decision are that uh people in the service who are trans right now are done like they're out yeah. they're going to be discharged and so even if the court in a couple of months rules that the ban is unconstitutional or it doesn't stand those people are screwed like they're done and so it doesn't seem to me i don't I, that's the part i don't get why not allow this to stay in place for a few months until the court that that seems like the less costly less uh harmful approach to this and so that, that's the i don't know yeah the status quo let the status quo to, prevail yeah. until the court finally makes a decision sure yeah unless unless this is a preview of where the court ultimately will go, but I mean, we, I guess we can't jump to that conclusion. But I, for you, for the similar reasons, I was surprised that I felt like the court would say no. You know, let's let the 2016 Obama decision or Obama, yeah, decision stand until we have a chance to weigh in on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting time because the other um, decision that they made, or not decision that they made, I guess lack of decision mm-hmm. that they made was to not take up. Um, DACA protections yes. with the Supreme Court, which ostensibly means that protections that are in place right now for uh, Dreamers will, um, did I say DACA? Yeah. Yeah. Um, will stay in place until the court decides to, or it works in. through the courts, which I, like, I, it's, it seemed like a very tit for tat thing going on, and I'm sure that's not what it actually is, but it at least shows the, or it, it gives the appearance of that. Yeah. Um, 
from a personal perspective, I don't give a shit who's in the military because yeah. I know I don't want to be there. And if you want to be there and can pass the standards as they stand right now and aren't a burden to a unit in the field, I don't give a shit who you are. <laughs> Please take my place. This is the smartest <laughs> thing that's been said on the podcast tonight by <laughs> Nick McGuire. <laughs> no, I, I, I feel that way, too. I just feel like, come on now. I, I, I worry a bit about the... the partisan divide in the court whether this is a signal of that or maybe maybe it's not there might be real legitimate legal reasons for ruling this way and it's not an an indication of what is to come but i i, I was troubled by that as well i'm, mm-hmm. I'm a little worried I, I mean, go ahead phil i mean i know i already said this but it, I, it, i'll be interested to hear from you know it would be interesting to talk with someone like tom who has the the more legal understanding because maybe there's a good reason why the court does it but in terms of like the protections the the dreamer protections or whatever you know that's a good example of where if you if you do away with those protections while you're waiting to decide that puts all of these people in jeopardy for something that you're going to actually settle in in three months and yeah. if that doesn't if that doesn't happen then you can you can take those protections away then but it doesn't i don't understand the rush to sort of remove those protections before you actually decide the bigger issue mm-hmm. the, the other thing that strikes me about all of this is is the position the trump administration is taking so this is against transgendered rights and they're very, very clear about that. We can talk about the wall. You know, there's there's a clear identity argument that's being made by the Trump administration. This is this is not an administration that is embracing diversity. And, and, what? And, you're right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and 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 it's in some ways they're subtle. In other ways, they are absolutely not subtle. And uh, I, I just some of the arguments for this, like you have smart people making an argument that transgender people shouldn't serve in the military, and it feels so similar to previous arguments about oh, you know, you shouldn't have uh, people of color serving in the military. And I just I I, I my <laughs> we're gonna look back on this twenty five years from now, saying what. What what was this administration arguing? So what what's the what's the political gain for Trump on that? Like I, the the wall stuff, I, you know, that's the 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 wall and immigration and all of that. I mean, that's you know, that's Stephen Miller. It's a big part of his. It was a big part of his campaign. I, this seems like a. I mean, I I get that this is a a popular issue with some of the base, but it doesn't seem to be as big of a payoff as some of the other issues that they could touch on. But I, I think it's 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 within that, that argument of, you know, it, it's you know, it's, it's people of color, it's gay rights, it's transgendered rights, it's all one big but don't you think uh, Nick, No, I, mean, I don't think uh, I don't understand I don't think why. that's it. No. What? I think this is about in, in their and when we talked I think it was last week we talked about it. We talked about um was it Tucker Carlson who's talking about yeah. um, fairness, right. quote unquote, in society? I think that the narrative that is there, and that realistically, I think a lot of people who support Trump or who are, you know, fairly conservative Republicans think, all right, I don't necessarily have a problem with the person, but if you, if there's special treatment involved, or we lower the standards to some extent. Or, you know, they're, again, a, a burden on the system itself and you you change the ability yeah. um, or the effectiveness of a unit or the military in general to be inclusive and diverse, then that's a problem. But I don't know. I mean, so if you argue the military readiness, right, that I, I don't buy that argument that the military is going to be less well served by a transgendered person as opposed to a white person. I get I, it. It, it feels to me that there's just not a lot there. I, I, I get that. If, if you could make a legitimate argument that the military is put in a compromising position by having transgender people serve, but they've been serving for a long time, quietly, 
and now openly, you know, gay people can serve. You know, I just I just feel like this this feels like identity politics as opposed to the military argument. It's culture wars, right? Yeah. Realistically, there should be it's it's the military. It should be one of one of very few places that have really defined rules. If you can't pass these standards. Yes you can't join. That's it. And when we think about affirmative action actually working in terms, the military has done that. They've taken people from all backgrounds, all identities, and said, you want to be a soldier? Just meet the standards, and it's worked. That's fine. Yeah. You don't change the standards, and we're yep. st- the, yeah. the units themselves are still effective. There should be no discrimination in any way, shape, I, or form. We agree on this, but I mean, this feels like the Trump is saying, the Trump administration is saying, well, it's just because you're transgender. To me, that, that feels like that's that's not protecting the country sure yeah all right that's out of my system now all right <laughs> so time to move to trust uh, press right. briefings so president trump said, what are those i don't know i don't know we haven't seen one in a while said tuesday that he directed white house press secretary sarah huckabee sanders not to bother with press briefings because he believes that reporters are rude to her correct and that most members of the media will not cover the administration fairly also correct press briefings, which used to be a nearly daily occurrence. Do you remember that, Nick, when it was like, it was daily? Like when Clinton was president? No, 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 no. Just like two years ago. Like when Obama... during <laughs> World War II? Yeah. Uh, anyways, so they've become a rarity in the Trump <laughs> White House. Sanders has not provided an on-camera briefing in more than a month. In their defense, Phil, not much has happened over the last month, right? It's you know it's been fairly slow. I don't. He had Christmas. You shouldn't yeah, have press right. briefing. Yeah. And that's just rude. <laughs> so, but seriously, this is one of those big picture moments. What are we to make of the fact that the president doesn't want to bother? And again, that was his own words with press briefings. Phil, you love press briefings. <laughs> you, you give them daily, <laughs> don't you? To your I do to Keene State I do. every day. I step outside my office and answer <laughs> yes. questions from the press. No press has shown up yet, but someday it'll happen. Where did he get those lights from? Yes. <laughs> Is there a I camera mean, this, somewhere? This, <laughs> so, I mean, I, in the abstract, I'll say that this is this is bad, right? Like, we, we want a pre- part of the whole idea of a president, of, of a government that's accountable is that we want them to, you know, that, that's why we want them to have press briefings. And the press ask questions, they ask hard questions, and, and that's a good thing. Um, I, I, I think in a, in a sort of a bigger picture, I... I've been thinking a lot about the extent to which, you know, I talk about norms a lot. Um, and we in the U.S. tend to have a lot of faith that norms are going to carry us through. Um, you know, our constitution's yeah. relatively abstract yeah. and vague, right? Are The rules that we have in place are, are vague, and we just expect that people are going to abide by these sort of unspoken rules of conduct. Like, hey, you should have press briefings because you're accountable to the people. Um, and it makes me wonder, you know, if we've put too much faith in those unspoken rules. Like if we I, I think it's important for the press to have access to the president and for the president to have relatively frequent press briefings. But if that's the case, then maybe we shouldn't rely on the president's willingness to do it. And you pass a law that says that the president, you know, or I, I don't know, that you, yeah. I guess you can't pass a law. You have you have balance of power issues. But he would veto you know, that you, shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. But but I mean, that's where, you know, we we rely on all these informal standards of behavior. And, and you know, we should maybe yeah. formalize some of them. Nick, do you not love norms as much as Phil? Uh, no, no, really. I kind of think you do. No. <laughs> well, this isn't a, this isn't about norms. It's about yeah. do you think the president should have to answer questions or not? Yeah. All right. Case, change the rules and make him answer questions. Yeah. All right. Well, you can change the rules. You can't pass legislation to have him 
go in front of people who are unelected that you think are going to be dispassionate and completely non-biased about their particular opinions that doesn't work either like i i don't necessarily i don't disagree with you that there should be regular press briefings but on in the same vein if the press doesn't agree with the the motives or or the the actions of an administration I, like i don't necessarily there there needs to be a balance between the two just because they're the press doesn't mean that they are they're without sin and i you know if you want to talk about acosta or cuomo or any of the other assholes who are in there on a regular basis trying to to stir the pot i frankly don't think that some of them should be there replace them with other people i don't the other side of this i don't think that the press briefing should be just completely dismantled and we shouldn't have them but legislating something like that does not make sense to me in any way shape or form um I, I don't know. Given the massive amount of negative coverage of this administration, and I, I trust me, I understand the reasoning behind that. I don't necessarily agree that you should always be held, you know, responsible to these particular people who you're supposed to be talking to. You want to be responsible to the people? That's one thing. But these are not my representatives. You don't speak for me. So stop putting your own spin on shit. I guess I would argue that I would hope, no matter whether the president is a Democrat or a Republican, that the, the job of the press is to push that individual. And you're right, Nick, that, that Trump has been pushed more so than previous presidents. But I would argue justly. and that To some extent, yeah, yes. Whatever the, pre- the role of the press is to push back. To, to make the administration justify and defend all of its positions. So I'm okay with what the perception that the press is cranky and not fair and aggressive. I, I'm, I'm okay with all of that. And then the other thing is having the daily press briefings means that the president or the, the press presidency has to answer questions. And if they don't answer those questions, that is an answer of itself. So the fact that when Sarah Huckabee Sanders goes out there every day, when she, what she used to, or uh, Sean Spicer, who was just just a little God, that oh, guy was I miss spicy. So he was defending the Trump administration <laughs> today, and I thought, what a little craphead you are, because oh, well, you loved him when he left. Well, what are you talking about? He's, he's interesting, but I mean, <laughs> he when he had to go out there, and it was clear he was lying. It was clear that he was not answering questions. That is important for the democracy when you know that what's going on is the presidency is dodging questions. It, it, it needs to happen. But every presidency dodges questions. The Obama administration dodged yes. tons of questions. Sure. Yes, but they tons had to do it in front of cameras. Yeah, they so they, it. so it's better to lie to your face than not yes. saying something. Yes, because yeah. you know, right? You you know that the, that what's that's what's going on. And in the fact, when the Trump administration in their early evolution had to do this, you knew you were being exposed to the fact that they were doing it. Uh, I don't, I don't really. Agree with that so Trump has lied more than eight thousand times in the course of the course of two years, right? I mean, you need to push him on this. You need to push this administration Again, on truth. Again, I'm not saying that no, he hasn't lied a shitload. And yeah. I'm not saying that his administration shouldn't be questioned on just about everything. But there is a difference in the type of coverage oh, yeah. and the veracity of coverage that we have in this administration compared to previous ones. And I think that some of that is, one, they don't do these regular press briefings, and they are constantly being questioned on everything that they do. Realistically, 
the Obama administration and the Bush administration and any of the previous administrations did these things because it was the norm, yeah. but they knew how to play the game. And they would just lie boldface to us all the time. You're going to tell me that during Vietnam, we weren't being constantly lied to about everything that was going on? That Johnson we were in three all... different fucking countries, and yeah. we had no idea about it. But Cambodia. it's valuable to have them on the record saying yes. that, yeah. right? So when you find out the truth, you can point back to it as opposed to... I mean, I, I still think it's, you know, even if they're lying to you, that makes it their problem as opposed to, you know, we won't ask them any questions, and then they don't have to lie. Sure. Yeah. Oh, this is good stuff. Oh, this is God. fun. I'm so angry today. All right. This this last one's going to be fun. <laughs> All right. So apparently President Trump was ap ap apocalyptic. Take uh, your time. That was hard to say. <laughs> That's apoplectic. Is apoplectic. Going for. Sorry. Jeez. I'm only two beers in. With his personal lawyer, <laughs> Rudy. Rudy Giuliani. After a weekend of disastrous media interviews, in one, Giuliani said that the president had been involved in discussions to build a Trump Tower in Moscow through the end of 2016 campaign. A statement that enraged Trump because he contradicted it contradicted his own public statements. On Sunday, Giuliani walked back his statement saying they were hypothetical. That's a great answer. They're all hypothetical. Of course. But my favorite was the interaction he had with a reporter over the BuzzFeed story. And let's listen to this interaction. All right. So this, the lawyer says, asking about the story. And he says, but I can tell you from the moment I read the story, I knew the story was false. This was Giuliani. The reporter says, because? Because I've been through all the tapes. I've been through all the texts, and I've been through all the emails. I knew that none existed. The reporter sends response. Wait, what tapes have you gone through? I shouldn't have said tapes. <laughs> <laughs> so then he, it goes a little bit longer. And so then the reporter says, so there were tapes you listened to, though. Uh, no tapes. Well, I have listened to tapes, but none of them concerned this. Well, we've all listened to tapes. He oh. just screwed up. Why? Why is he, Phil? Why is he so bad at this? I had my spin this? doctor's tape. And oh my like goodness! So many good tapes out yeah, there. Yeah, this is this is all bad, all bad. Yeah, Phil. He, I mean, he's been bad at this from the beginning. <laughs> it's amazing to me that he's made it this long. Like the 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 extent to which he has changed his story and and looked like, you know, there's there's we just talked about it in the last topic. There are people who lie and do it well, and there are people who lie and do it terribly. <laughs> yes. And Giuliani has lied terribly from the beginning of this like the the story that he has told has changed over the months from there was no con collusion to there might have been some collusion to collusions not necessarily illegal to collusion might be illegal and it probably happened but the president didn't know about it <laughs> yes. like it's just it just changes he he's just He's just bad. The interesting thing to me is that story started going around today that even Trump is getting sick of him, that Trump has decided that he's no he's no good. I don't know who in the world you would replace him with. Like he Trump part of the reason he ended up with Giuliani is because I think he couldn't find other people. Nobody to wants take that job. Right. Oh Nick. It's poor Rudy. <laughs> it makes me sad. Did he say something about on my like on my tombstone? It's going to say I lied for Trump or something. Oh yeah, like that. he you know was I mean? very he's upset poor. about yeah. that. Yeah, he's just, <laughs> just I, it just why, like why would you keep going at this point? Just like just just step out. Just be done with but it. But the great thing is, not only does he not get that, he he, he just keeps going. So right. he'll do like four interviews, like right. one after the other after the other, mm -hmm. and it gets worse and worse and worse. He's just, he's just so bad at yeah. it. And I feel so bad because he's old and senile. And it makes me sad. <laughs> My favorite part is no tapes. No. Well, I have listened to tapes. I have listened to <laughs> tapes. Right. I shouldn't have said tapes. I shouldn't have said tapes. Oh. This is 
this is stupid Watergate. I mean, John Oliver had like that segment where he's like, this is stupid Watergate, and this makes me feel like stupid Watergate. It's just bad. Yeah. Just... Like, Nixon at least knew to surround himself with good criminals. Well. <laughs> or better better criminals. Yeah. Who didn't appear so. <laughs> better lawyers, at least. Better, right. yeah, lawyers yes. were the big thing. Oh. Yeah. It's just... I, I don't know. Like... He needs to. I. I. He. He needs to. Ste- if there is something going on, he needs to step away because he, he's really not doing them any favors. <laughs> if If Rudy really knows something, he could be putting himself in in legal jeopardy right. here. And that's that's the other thing. It's fun to joke about this, but I mean, if he is privy to knowledge and he's going out and doing this and covering it up, I. I just. He should know better. And Rudy Jolly, who was a federal prosecutor, I mean, he was a legitimate guy who was well respected. Then the mayor of New York, like the fall. This is almost as bad as the Mooch, right? The Mooch is on Celebrity Big Brother. The Rudy fall is almost the same thing. Oh God, please don't! No, you yeah. can't. You, even even you can't do that. Yeah, the Mooch isn't going to end up in prison. That's true. He was in a purple suit this week for the Big Brother. Oh, like a like a Joker suit yeah, or like I, a Prince suit? It was in the original outline, Nick. You're not oh, watching this. Oh, I didn't this? see that. Sorry. Oh, oh now I got to look at the outlines. <laughs> Hold, please. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, the mooch. The mooch was. Yeah. I. I don't know. There just seem to be so many. They are hanging on by a. Oh my. I'm showing Nick oh the purple God. suit. <laughs> he looks like um. He looks like Jack Nicholson in Batman. Yes. He looks like the Joker. Jesus, <laughs> oh, that's terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Um, there, there are just so many possible ways that this. There's just holes all over this yeah. ship, and they seem to be plugging them as best as they can. And one of these things is going to come loose at some point, and it's just you can't have an old man plugging a hole. You just can't do. Well, and the the people who are smart are slowly leaving the administration. Mm-hmm. Uh, those who are left are not thinking about this. And Rudy should know to get out, run for the hills. Um, this is not going to end well for Trump. You know, whatever it is, it's not going to end well. Um, no. And Rudy make it go down with the ship. Oh, yeah. Poor Rudy. Yeah. Old people drown so easily. So, this was a fun one, Nick. That was a fun one. We're not even going to get to five minutes. We'll on that get one, to the frankly. bell, but that's all right. Um, Good job, Phil, for making it through all the way yay, with the flu. Well done, Phil. I only nodded off twice. <laughs> um, you you want to stall for time? All right. So we're so if if you're still listening, which we hope we are, you are. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Barstool Politics on Facebook. Barstool Paul P O L on on the Twitter. You said Twitter twice. Did I say Twitter? Facebook is the Did first one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Facebook is Barstool Politics. The... Oh, yeah. Send us questions. Yeah. Uh, email us at barstoolpolitics at yahoo.com. Yeah. We would love to do an entire episode of just your uh, questions. Um, yeah. If they're more kind of timely things, we'll do them kind of throughout different episodes. But if you have like bigger questions that you'd like us to answer, definitely send them in. We'll mash them all together and not give you adequate answers. That'd be fun. Yeah. And right after this, Nick will be on Stitch and Twitch and Pancake.com. The video yeah, games. man. Nick's, Nick's on video games. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you guys want to uh, ask some of these more timely questions, uh, you know, about politics or, you know, want to know more about the podcast, you just want to talk about stuff, I'm all there for you, babe. It's all going to be good. Um, yeah, I might test it out uh, tonight. Um, I'm not sure how many of you will actually listen this evening. Um, otherwise, we'll definitely do it next Wednesday after the podcast. 
uh, Facebook.com uh, slash some jackal. Uh, just some jackal on uh, Twitter and Mixer and Facebook. Is that some S O M E or some S U M? S O M E. Some. S O M E. That's the better some. Yeah. Some. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, definitely check that out. We'll, we'll play some Vigi games, be pirates and and you know kill things and whatnot while we're talking about politics yeah because that's what we do again it's grown men um the podcast yeah just um soundcloud itunes uh stitcher google play music all that good stuff beers uh untapped ios and android we're barstool politics so find our reviews on there um predict it uh real money political prediction market uh stock market for politics barstool politics listeners uh, open up a $20 account, predict it will match that $20, um, so you get $40 in um, money to use on Predictit. Um, Predictit.org slash promo slash Barstoolpaul20. We ran out of music. Um, anything to... else that we missed? No, time to go. Awesome, time to go. <laughs> We're going to panic and leave right now. Cheers. Cheers, guys. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs>